Sovereign Grace of Mead Valley, www.sovereigngracecc.org. If you have your Bibles, I'll be preaching from Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. If you can open there. And um, get my mic a little higher. How's that? Oop. Let's try it again. Is that better? Can you hear me okay? Okay. So um, this is a, this is a pretty uh, kind of a different passage in Acts. It talks about Ananias and Sapphira, and um, I got tempted a little bit to to use the title for the sermon "Staying Alive." Do you guys remember that song? <laughs> Staying alive. But but I thought you know that's uh, that's what I looked up the lyrics and. They were no good, no. But, but the idea is not to stay alive, it's being alive, right? Being alive in Christ. Being alive in Christ. So, you know, uh, when, when we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, I've, I've heard some people say, you know, even, even the colors look different. Uh, something changes, your perspective changes. You're being born again, right? Uh, so being alive in Christ, it should completely transform our lives. It should, uh, we should completely be different uh, than, than the world's way of looking at things. So, uh, you know, to kind of get an idea of what, what being alive is, I think you kind of have to look at the previous chapter, chapter 4. Chapter 4, at the end of chapter 4. Let me just read there a little bit. And it's starting with uh, verse 32. Chapter 4, verse 32. It says, all the believers, Acts chapter 4, verse 32. He says, all the believers were, were in one heart and one mind. So there was this kind of unity when we're one in the Lord, when we're alive in Christ, there's, there's a unity, not only up here, you know, in kind of trying to be together on the way we think, the way we're working, but also in our hearts, having this kind of warmth towards one another. And then the other thing is in verse 33, where it says, with great power, the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So that's the other thing, that there is a testimony that the resurrection of Christ is a reality. And at that time, they were having to deal with, well, you know, he's buried, we just haven't found his body, Jesus is dead, he's no longer alive. And the believers are saying, no, he's alive, he's resurrected, he lives in me. So that's the other point, of being alive in Christ. And then the third thing is that their grace abound. In that same verse, it says, and much grace was upon them all. So that's, that's kind of a, kind of the background in which this story is being told. That there was, there was this living faith 
And that's what it looked like. But then here we see something that's a little different. Let's read from verse 5. It says, Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, and notice that it says also, also sold a piece of property. And with his wife's full knowledge, he, and notice the other part, kept back. Okay? So the two things I want you to notice is also and then kept back. Part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who had heard what had happened. Then the young man came back, came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. So, part of being alive, as I look at this passage, is, is, is just living into, completely into your faith in Christ. And here I see the opposite. What took place is Ananias and Sapphira, they kind of held back. So why would, why would they hold back? What's the reason for them to hold back? I mean, what's the reason for us sometimes to hold back? Right? Sometimes we hold back. And, and rather than just completely um, completely being sold out to God, there are good reasons. There are good reasons we don't always want to be sold out. But guess what? There is no reason. Because what happens? What happened here? At the end, he died. And really, this is a physical death. But what can happen is that if we hold back, we come to church, we're worshiping the Lord, we're doing everything, and somehow we're just going through the motions, right? So we're already dead, right? So I'm thinking part of the reason was why people hold back. Why did these people hold back? And the only thing I can think is that feel like if I don't do for me, nobody else is going to do for me. Right? Right? So I have to look out for myself. Now, is, is that, that's what, that's what I'm sensing was going on here. Not that it's the right thing. I just want to be clear about that. But that it's, it's this, this, this need. Nobody's going to look out for number one, except number one. And that is a lie from the pit, right? So we have to trust, not only do we have to trust 
God. But guess what? He had, they had to trust the leadership in the church. That they were going to look out for them too, right? So that's one of the things that I'm thinking that maybe that was going on. Now you can, look, you can read it just like I can, right? So maybe there's some other things you see in this passage. And I would invite you to look at it. The second thing is, the second thing is to, um, the second thing is to, uh, that word also, when I had you look at that word also, right? So sometimes what happens is somebody is doing something and we believe that that's what everybody should be doing, right? Because it says also. And what does it also refer to? Again, it goes back to the previous chapter, verse 4, verse 36. It said, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and bought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Okay? So, he did the right thing. But in this case, Ananias and Sapphira sold the property. They kept some back. So they wanted to step in and say, we're doing just like they are. But in reality, they were lying to themselves. But most importantly, to their complete death, they were lying to God. They were lying to God. And God is a God of compassion. Right? If you look at the Old Testament, he's, he's long-suffering, forgiving. He's always there to forgive. But, but when there's this, this covenant breaking, in the sense that you're not there, you're kind of not really committed, there's some things that you break that covenant. Some things are not fixed that way. And we don't know, we don't know what happened to Ananias other than he died physically. That he died physically. And um, if you look at Luke, Luke 17, Luke reminds us that, you know, when we turn to God, we have to completely Look to him to lead us, to guide us. And we can't look back. Because when you look back, he says, it is like, uh, I'm trying to, uh, I had the passage here. I, don't, I didn't, I didn't want to bring any notes with me. So I'm hoping I can find it. But uh, basically, it, you know, it says that when we turn to God, uh, if we if we seek to save our lives, we're going to lose them, right? If we seek to save our lives, we're going to lose them. But if we want to lose our life in the Lord, we're going to find it. And what happened to Lot's wife when she did, she looked back because she wasn't really ready to give up her life? She turned into a pillar of salt, right? 
And so th- this is the, it's 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 this idea that you know when we're following the Lord, it it is not like a a um, something we take lightly. It is it is a commitment that we have to God, and we have to uh, we have to think of it that way. So I'm, I still haven't found that passage here. Seventeen. I thought it was Luke seventeen. Nine. Okay, it was nine. Okay. Nine twenty-three. Let me let me read it. Yeah. No, that's not the one. Because that one doesn't talk about uh, um, Lot's wife. It turned into a pillar of salt, right? So, anyway, um, I guess, um, but it is, it is there. <laughs> Maybe not in that chapter, but, but that's what, what, what God really encourages us to do is to, is to look out and to say, um, you know, when we follow the Lord, we need to follow the Lord with everything in us. 1732. Okay. So let me read it. It says, um, 1732. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. And it's, it's in the context of, you know, when you come to the end time, who's going to be gone and who's going to stay? And it's those that are completely sold out to God. And, in this in this uh, passage that we see with Ananias and Sapphira, Ananias, Ananias was uh, in the end. You know we're a, we're a church that teaches grace, right? So in the end, uh, he wasn't really living out the belief in grace. Somehow he felt like he had to work towards whatever he was getting. So it was it was a. Uh, it was a salvation of works. And guess what? That doesn't work, right? So whenever we try, we're trying to, we're trying to stay alive, it, it's not going to work. We're going to die. Because the only way we can live is through the life of Jesus Christ. As he, as he resurrected and he came up. So let, let me return back. Now let's talk about, um, what happened. Uh, uh, after that, because remember, it was only, it was not only Ananias, but it was also Sapphira. And in verse 7 of chapter Acts 5, Acts 5, it says, about three hours later, so man, they, they, bear, they took out the husband, and then three hours later, in comes the wife. Not knowing what had happened, Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? And he said, yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet then died. Then the young men came in 
and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. So, what happens? What happens, you know, when when we, um, you know, Ananias was leading that home, right? But at that point, he was leading the home into disobedience. And the wife, she followed as well. But when we follow the Lord, sometimes we're going to have to make some tough choices. How many of you know that? Some of you have already experienced that, right? That you're in a home and people are doing different things. And if we do what God wants us to do, we're going we're gonna to probably hurt somebody's feelings. That's not going to go well. Both Vicky and I have had loved ones who have picked up a sinful lifestyle. And when they're spending time around the holidays and things like that, we have to say, hey, wait a minute. We can't allow that here in our home. This kind of lifestyle is, 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 goes against God's word for us. So, you know, sometimes um, girlfriend, boyfriend living together, when you come here, we, you can't stay with us, one or the other, or you're going to have to stay in separate bedrooms. And in our culture right now, that seems so just awkward and bad. But that's God's way. Um, my brother-in-law died from AIDS. And yet we, we had to love him, but we also have to say, pray with him and say, hey, that's not God's way either. Right? So when we're following the Lord, God calls us to even, even to separate from our own loved ones, right? So even, you know, God says, you know, I'm going to turn you against your own father and your mother, against your loved ones. I'm going to turn you away. And so that's, that's kind of difficult. But in what he is doing is he's calling us to be holy as he is holy. Right? And holy just means set apart. So you don't belong to your family anymore. You belong to me. And if you're going to walk with me, you're going to be like I am. And that's one thing that, uh, going back to what I said earlier about works, that when you are holy, you are holy not because of what you do, but because of who you are in Christ. So out of that holiness comes the good works. Right? When you have unholy things happen in your life, is this kind of trying to slip away, stay to what you're going to hold back. And God is not going to allow that to happen. Not with his loved ones, right? He's going to pull us back in.
That's a belief. Hebrews 13. Let's see if I can find that one now. <laughs> it's, it's easy because it's verse 1. Hebrews 13, verse 1. It says, keep, keep on loving each other, both brothers. Do not forget to entertain... Oops. That's not the one. Boy, I am in terrible shape here. But basically, I was looking at a passage that said, you know, stay holy. Keep your lives from the love of the enemy. Boy, I am in trouble here. I didn't take notes for that reason because I wanted to say, hey, I remember that verse and I forgot it. <laughs> but basically, it's, it is in 13 in here. But, but, but what, what God is saying is, you know, stay, as he's calling us to be holy, to stay holy, to be with him. And um, for some reason, I thought it was there. I guess I think it was. Um, let me let me let me uh, let me read through this. If I have to read through the whole chapter, I will, and I think it'll be good. It says, "Keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers. By by so doing, people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as if you were in their in, uh, you were their fellow prisoners, and those who are mistreated as if you yourself were suffering." Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with whatever you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke to the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by ceremonial foods, which are of no value to those who eat them. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to, to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that confess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work with you with will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be no advantage to you. Pray for us. We are sure that we have their, a clear conscience and desire to live honor, honorably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. 
May the God of peace who brought you through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead and our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for you for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So this idea of of staying holy is is one that is that is not from our works, but it is from God's work, and it is by keeping our uh, eyes fixed. And I'm not even going to try to remember where I, <laughs> that one was, but but the idea in Luke is is to keep our eyes fixed on who, not on us, but on Jesus Christ, on His faithfulness to do the work that. He has done to make us perfect. We who were sinners, who were, uh, there was nothing righteous in us, like Paul talks about. It is through the righteousness of Christ that we are then brought back in. And, and, uh, and the, you know, with, uh, Sapphira, uh, there was all this, this, uh, this work of this challenge, I would say, not work, but challenge. Of being challenged to obey her husband, right? Culturally, because back then, women really had no voice and had no opinion. And yet I think God still uh, calls us and holds us to obey him rather than to obey uh, those that are here that we see. Uh, and for that reason, too, I think as, as we look at Hebrews, uh, it's an encouragement if, to be alive in Christ is also to then submit to the authority of people in the church and to kind of look to one another and, and to hold each other accountable. You know, even as us as, as, as leaders, we need to be held accountable as well, right? That's why we, we, we put people into, into office and we, and we hold each other and say, hey, let, how, how do we do these things? How do we, what, what are we doing well? What should we improve? So that's another thing. Now, the last point of being alive in Christ is having this fear of God, this fear of God. And that one I, I'm pretty sure I can find. And that's Proverbs chapter 1, where he talks about, uh, you know, the fear of, 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 of God is the beginning of knowledge, right? Let, 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 you know, my memory is not as good as it was, so let me go back there. I just want to make sure, because I think this is a... This is a, a God, yeah, God saying to me, uh, you need to, uh, you need to get your, your addresses better. <laughs> but, but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And, uh, so this fear, when, when we talk about fear, what, there's so many, so many ways you can talk about fear. You can be afraid. I can put the fear in you, the fear of God, we say. Put the fear of God in you. And I think in one way, that's the way that people outside of the church, because then if you look at that passage later, they weren't, they weren't no longer coming in, but they had this fear, this fear that there was a real God doing things in the, in the church, doing a work in the church. But we as God's people, should we live in fear? Does the word talk about living in fear? And in some ways, not in a bad fear. God says, don't live in that cowardly fear, right? 
but lived in the fear of knowing that you live with the real God, that he is real, that you're living with the living God. It's not that, uh, it's not, uh, like for example, in a marriage, right? When we have an, in a marriage, there's an expectation that both are going to be faithful. So why aren't you unfaithful? Because there's, there, in a certain way, there's a fear, right? There's a fear that something, there's going to be a consequence. That if, if I'm going to be unfaithful, my wife might be unfaithful, we might not end up together. Anger, things are going to happen. So in this way, when God is talking about the knowledge of him and living in fear of him, there is that, that this expectation that there is a consequence to my being unfaithful. That there is a living God who knows my thoughts, my attitudes, my actions. It's not a faith of just knowing information, right? But it's a, it's a knowledge that's connected to this living person. So the knowledge is saying, there's a living God. And so the fear is then, as I understand the word, I should know that what I'm learning here in God's word are not just words, but that there's a living God. So as I take this information, it's not like somebody says, data points. Does that make sense? It's not just information that I could use or not use. It's information that is to speak into our lives to move us. And there's several levels at which it should move us. It should move us on a personal level that we should deny, deny our life. Deny our life and look to God for a life. Because the life that, that we can make, it's, it's, it's going to hold back. It's never going to arrive at the life that God has for us. We talked about abounding in grace, being able to share the power of the resurrection. So we have to deny our life and give it to the Lord. The second thing is we have to, that fear says that you say something and no matter how much you mean to me, if it comes between obeying you or obeying God, I'm going to obey God, right? And I'm going to trust that God is going to do what doesn't seem like could happen if I offend you in obeying God. And that is that there's going to be unity and that there's going to be grace. So rather than being this critical spirit, critiquing one another, that the opposite is actually going to take place. 
that as I trust God, God will bring out this unity. And that's, that's, the, that's fearing the Lord. The other thing about fearing the Lord is that whatever circumstance we come, we find ourselves in, that God is, God is able to answer us. And sometimes we find ourselves in, in a situation where we've sinned, right? All of us find ourselves, maybe, maybe we held back in some ways. Maybe we, rather than obey God, we kind of listen to somebody else. So no matter what the situation is, I'm telling you right now that the living God is able to bring about healing so that you don't have to die like Ananias and Sapphira. You know, maybe you won't die a physical death, but you could have a spiritual death. Be in church and be spiritually dead. And that's not what God's word is about, right? God is a living God. And so when we come here to church, we come to worship a living God. So that when we leave, we're worshiping a living God. And we're giving testimony of how powerful and alive and real that he is because people can see him in our lives, in the way we live, the way we act, the way we work, the way we treat others. So I hope that God speaks to you and that some of these words that I'm, I've used in this message will stay with you and throughout the week that God will continue to work those out to bring about sanctification in your life, in my life, and in the life of this church. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful, Almighty God. We're so grateful that uh, you have blessed us.